0: two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 24,
1: Cade 1988. True Grit. With two T's. Is Grit spelled with two T's? Not usually. I didn't think so. Which is your favorite True Grit? John Wayne or the new Uh, one? To be honest, the Coen Brothers one? To be honest, I did not, I've never seen the John Wayne one. I never grew up. With like John Wayne movies or cowboy movies, I mean, I like westerns, but I've basically watched like your classic like hip guy spaghetti westerns. I never like went back and watched your classic flag waving John Wayne movies. So I, see. I don't have an opinion, but I like the Coen Brothers movies. Like the
0: Coen Brothers, yeah. One. I mean, like,
1: is there any terrible Coen Brothers movies?
0: I don't love all Coen, like Coen, no, Coen Brothers movies. Like usually for me, it's like every other one? one. Yeah,
1: we've had this conversation yeah. before, but I, I like. Yeah, but there's, they're all they're all worth your time. I they're try. all worth watching. Yeah, yeah.
0: The John Wayne one's really good. Uh, it's different. Yeah, I mean, Coen I'm. Bro- I would hope Brothers, so. The Coen Brothers one is based more on the
1: book. Is, is it grittier? It is. Is it grittier? It might have two T's. No, think about it.
0: But Starcade '88 is the sixth annual Starcade. Can you believe this? is The sixth Starcade. I know.
1: They never. It's weird. They never start numbered Starcade. It's like wrestlemania yeah, yeah. is the only show that's like ever numbered right pretty much everything else is just I'm trying year, to think year-wise. of one i mean it's like wrestle kingdom and like g1s and like stuff like that best super juniors they have they're true. numbered but like as far as big us shows i don't know at least wcw shows right none of them are numbered, no right?
0: no none of them are numbered huh. well clash of the champions are numbered as we'll find out later on yeah because we've only watched the first one so far but Starcade was produced under the NWA banner, and was the first produced by the World
1: Championship Wrestling. So yeah, they haven't changed the name yet. But there is a but Ted has a production company called that. They so still have, like, Jim apron. Crockett
0: Promotions have been promote had been the promoter and producer. Oh uh, yeah, for NWM of NWA pay per views. And Jim is out since then, and they were on the verge of bankruptcy. <clears throat> Aw, uh, they were airing. Their weekly television show was called World Championship Wrestling on TBS, Ted Turner's Turner Broadcast Systems. Yeah, Turner went to him on November second, so about a month before the show, month and a half. And he said,
1: "I want to get into wrestling,"
0: and bought the promotion and renamed it World Championship Wrestling after the TV program.
1: So Starcade would be the this is kind first of perfect timing for WCW to for NWA to become WCW because this is like right before the uh, rap group NWA <laughs> drops hard <laughs> in, in the in cultural consciousness. Kind of, yeah. <laughs>
0: so Starcade would take place on December twenty sixth, nineteen eighty eight, the day after Christmas, at the Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia, and drew an attendance of ten thousand people.
1: It's weird to have a show right after the day after Christmas cuz you would think some people are going back home, I don't know. But I guess maybe more people watched cable there was less options. It's just kind of weird. I don't think I anybody mean, would do that weird. now.
0: I mean, they don't. I mean, that's why I think Survivor series moved away from Thanksgiving because yeah. Cuz you know, they used to be on Thanksgiving every year. I can't I can't imagine
1: real. like even as a kid like being over at my family's place on like thanksgiving and getting anybody to like be like hey guys anyone you all want to chip in for survivor series (laughs) my dad and everyone like everybody's like there's always like basketball or football on or something it's just it just seems kind of like a weird
0: i mean on thanksgiving i'm like the tradition was is to watch football you would think and now they've added even more football like a college football game is on thursday nights now as well so it's like
1: yeah it's just, always find, I always find it there's weird whenever there's a lot more, they, a lot more Like, I could see it on, like, maybe, like, the Sunday of that long weekend or whatever, when people, yeah, like, get back that, in there, but possibly. I don't know. It's just weird whenever it's, like, the, the day after Christmas. Like, what do you do the day after Christmas? Absolutely nothing if you can help it.
0: I try not to. <laughs> yeah. That's usually, that's usually actually when I go Christmas shopping for myself.
1: Oh, yeah. Because all the sales. Yeah.
0: And all the gift cards that I get. So, other things that were happening around December 26th, other than Christmas, obviously, working girl would be released the week before who's in working i've never seen working melanie girl. griffith and uh, harrison ford
1: okay i haven't seen that one uh i this was i was like i was like it's not the julie roberts one where she's no. like with richard Gere. but is it the same type of movie basically
0: it's it's a female empowerment type movie Uh, But, like,
1: working girl. Like, is she a working girl? No, she is not. She's not a prostitute. She's a a secretary. Okay. With the title working girl, I was like... (laughs) Mistakenly
0: gets a job as a high... Like, she basically... Her boss goes on vacation. Or, no, her boss gets hurt in a ski accident. So, she starts basically running this project that her boss was in charge of while... And she meets up with Harrison Ford and they fall in love. Yada, yada, is it yada. good? It's actually really good. I, I really enjoy that film.
1: I can't see Harrison Ford in like a romantic comedy because he just can't seem to be bothered with anything. He's fun. I mean, yeah. Melanie Griffith,
0: this is probably her best role that she's a, she's ever had.
1: What about Milk Money? I mean, she's good at Milk Money. <laughs> I mean, I watched that movie as a kid. It was on TV a lot. And I nobody ever seems to remember that. I'm glad that you've seen Milk Money. I I don't I, this might be right before that. She was in Body Double. I like that movie. That's a weird movie. might one. have been
0: right before. I'm not I'm I think not Body Double
1: might be her first one, but like she doesn't play a big role. She basically just gets naked. Doesn't get naked in <laughs> I in didn't I, I, I didn't assume she'd get naked in like a ladies rom-com. Though
0: she I think she does get down to like bra and panties or something like that, so like <sighs> they're still rom-com status. Yeah. And Hayley Williams, the lead singer of Paramore would be born the very next day, and I know you're a big fan of Paramore's last album.
1: I like the last one a lot. It's uh, super fun, especially those first three tracks. The rest of the album's like a bit of a grower, but you can seriously like play the first three tracks like at any point in your day, and it'll be like a little bit better. But I never really listened to them. Like I know the big singles because they were kind of inescapable, yeah. but I never like listened to any of yeah, those I didn't, records. I didn't
0: love Paramore. Like I've actually listened to probably cause, like are drummer did a band with his brother and i so i listened i listened to the band's brother more probably than the actual paramore called pharaoh fun little yeah side project i just
1: like the new one because it was like oh we are older and we finally we we find yeah it's like we finally listened it's like oh like we just listened to the talking heads and got into new wave and uh we're pretty good at our instruments we got this like yeah (laughs) exactly
0: so let's head off to the show there's a video package and graphics are shown with some narrated promos by Ric Flair, Barry Windham, and Dusty Rhodes. The logo flashes on the screen and we go to our live crowd in Norfolk. Tony Schiavone welcomes us to the Super Bowl of Professional Wrestling. <laughs> Starcade 88. And the Magnum TA joins Tony and says he's very excited. And then we head
1: to ringside. So when, when did TA stop Wrestling. When did you start doing this? Is that. It was after, walk-
0: I mean, he had his, uh, his accident like a few years ago. Oh, okay, before, yeah. And so he had to that. quit wrestling. Yeah,
1: he's been on a couple of the last shows. Yeah. He looks great with his hair and his bow tie. He always looks good. He's a good looking guy. We had to ringside with Jim Ross
0: and Bob Cottle. And I realized while doing my notes for this show that I have made it 13 episodes since the first time we saw Jim Ross. And I have yet to say this. Jim Ross is an NWA, <laughs> WWE, and Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer.
1: And barbecue enthusiast? Very much a barbecue <laughs> enthusiast.
0: And a really nice guy. I've got to meet him, actually.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, we live in his uh, home state. That's right. I, he, I assume he's still... I'm sure he has more than one home.
0: I'm pretty sure, especially during the fall, that he stays as close to Norman as possible, since he, yeah, he's, he runs he, the sidelines for the yeah. Sooners every week.
1: Uh, spoiler alert, he does not... Not talk about OU on this show a good amount of times, but uh, I saw that like on like pro wrestling teas or whatever, they had like a Jim Ross barbecue sauce like uh, package. Did you ever go to his restaurant in Norman? No. Is it still there? It's not. Um, um, it was a
0: pretty bad location actually. The ribs were probably some of the best ribs really? I had ever had, and the barbecue sauce is really good. Yeah, I, would, I was,
1: I was, totally I was I'm, sauce. I would be. I feel like we should be able to get that barbecue sauce that just did a grocery store around here. I think you can. Really? I'll have to keep an eye on I mean, a, I'm some, not a big, huge... some
0: restaurants ca- or some yeah. grocery store have. I'm it. not
1: a huge barbecue guy, but uh, I'd be interested in uh, throwing JR a couple bucks for some sauce.
0: Well, Ross and Cottle preview the matches to come, and then we head off to our first match. The Varsity Club, consisting of the Games Master Kevin Sullivan and Dr. Death Steve Williams.
1: Games Master is a bad name.
0: You don't like it? That's my take.
1: <laughs> That's it. That's all I got.
0: Versus the Fantastics of Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers for the NWA United States Tag Team Championship. Varsity's club's entrance music is so loud.
1: <laughs> is it, but is it, it's like piped in, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's totally piped yeah, in. Yeah, it's not... It's not from, I don't know it's not they put, was, I, I imagine, like, I wish that... Like, they could just shill out the money for their songs. Because, like, maybe oh, they're yeah. coming out to, like, In Agata De Vida and it's, like, super cool. But I can't tell because it's just, like, stock jams.
0: Like, right now, it, like, it's like, whatever, okay, cool. When we get to ECW stuff, those guys had, the like, coolest fucking entrance I mean, music like, of
1: all time. We all know, like, yeah. It's, like, it's all Pantera Metallica and shit. Exactly. And it rules.
0: And it's all just fake music on the network.
1: I wish that there was, like, somebody made a... Like, I don't know. DVD. Yeah, I know. No, no, thank you. But if somebody made like a weird app that just like piped it piped it in in your browser, <laughs> like you know how you can change. There's like a application for like Chrome or something where yeah. you can change to what what country you're in. Country. So when you sign into Netflix, you get like different choices. I remember doing that years ago. But like, I need the application to like pipe pipe in the good tunes back pipe into in the, the original, network.
0: I need the original music.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I am... That makes a big difference in a performance totally art does. like this. It totally does. But Bob Cottle's
0: talking during the entire entrance. You can't hear it because of this piped-in music. Chances are, match...
1: he didn't say anything funny. <laughs> probably not as Bob Cottle.
0: <laughs> he, he's definitely no... Uh, I think
1: Bob Cottle's probably more funny than Tony Schiavone. He's definitely no Jesse Ventura. Nobody is.
0: Right away, Fulton uh, is in the ring and he gives a second rope Fez press to Sullivan before the match really even starts. We see... Doctor Death, he's in an OU singlet.
1: Oh yeah, of course.
0: And then uh, Jason Hervey. Oh, uh, he's back. He's back. He's like, in he's, the
1: crowd. He is with a hottie. He was with a very good looking, but it was not the play. The, no, it wasn't the Playboy. Uh, I can't or, remember her name. The girl from Frankenhooker. Yeah, love <laughs> uh, her. Yeah, I was like, I was like, damn, he's punching above his weight class because like he's not an ugly guy, but I wouldn't put him in like top five.
0: But Jason Hervey, he was the older brother from Wonder Years. That's what yeah. most people remember him as. Uh, One of the judges from Clash of the Champions. Oh, I remember. That's what you. But he actually becomes an executive producer for WCW. He's like he's about it. Where is he now? And he's a business partner of Eric Bischoffs.
1: Huh. The Herve. Yeah. I think Uh, I've heard. I think I've heard Bischoff say that. I tried to listen to eighty-three weeks for a while, but I just got bored with Bischoff's responses.
0: Yeah, his responses are not fun. Listen to this show, not that show. Fulton puts Williams in a wrist lock while Rogers leapfrogs Bobby to land on Dr. Death's arm. Williams reverses an Irish whip, sending Fulton to the corner but Dr. Death charges in and Bobby moves. Fulton attempts a monkey flip but isn't quite strong enough so here comes Rogers and they complete a double team monkey flip on Dr. Death. Fulton then goes for another monkey flip but again can't do it on his own and just falls off of Williams. We get military presses.
1: Well doesn't he like does he, is this the match where he like lifts, yeah. pre, like presses him like five mean, times? Basically,
0: what we've been calling a press slam, Jim Ross is now calling a oh. military press.
1: Yeah, yeah. Military press is a really cool name for like a hardcore band. Let's start it. <laughs> yeah. I have to, I'd have to start reading the news. <laughs> the Dr. Death hits up military press and a slam.
0: We then get stereo drop kicks by the Fantastics to send Williams through the ropes to the outside. Sullivan jumps in the rings and does something to Roger's. To lead them to the outside brawling, and Williams is back in and gives a back body drop, but misses an elbow drop on Fulton. Rogers is in with a drop kick, but Dr. Death recovers with a hard right hand, and the varsity club hit a double clothesline. Sullivan goes for another clothesline, but Rogers moves, and the games master goes over the top rope.
1: Why do they keep saying that Kevin Sullivan is like evil and demented? And like, are they saying that he's like a magician or something? He comes in with the black robe, but his name's like the games. Master, which isn't very evil, but then they talk about him being like, like his, kind of like a dark, guy, like you know, a a, a his dark. gimmick presence. was
0: basically yeah, he had like a dark presence. He like hypnotized people to do his, so weird to do his bidding and whatnot.
1: He needed to dye his but hair like, black for sure if he's going to do that.
0: But the thing is, is that he had this gimmick, and then his name was the Games Master. Which doesn't which work. Is, doesn't work. But he's also in a faction. Faction. That's <laughs> the word I'm looking for. A faction. Called the Varsity Club.
1: Yeah, it made no sense. Like, what's 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 less like a Varsity jacket is the Lisa Goth thing I can think of. Exactly. <laughs> I
0: mean, it made sense for Doctor Death and Mike Rotunda. Yeah, because they're because football players. They're ex wrestlers, and so they're wearing. Well, oh, Doctor rest- Death was a I, I he was a wrestler and a Okay, okay. I was thinking and about Rotunda football. Mike Rotunda was a wrestler at. Syracuse. Yeah, they're uh,
1: collegiate, like, at collegiate Ste- athletes. Rick
0: Steiner was a, he was in the varsity club for a while. He was a wrestler at Michigan. So it made sense. Yeah. The, but Sullivan being in
1: the group Makes didn't sense. make no, any sense. At all. It's like, just put a varsity jacket on him and call him, like, I don't know, sport. <laughs> I Give him anything but Games Master. But it, uh, it's just also, it's just weird to me.
0: Rogers is running the ropes when Sullivan goes for a back body drop, but Tommy flips over to land on his feet and hits another drop kick. Sullivan backs Rogers into his corner, so Tommy's fighting off both members of the club. When Fulton runs over and they give a double team, double naga knocker, double clothesline, and a double back body drop.
1: That's tag team wrestling, baby.
0: Rogers goes back to hit Sullivan on the apron, and Williams comes from behind with a knee to the back to gain control. Doctor Death hits a vertical suplex on Rogers that he holds holds him up for
1: quite a bit. Yeah, it's kinda awesome. Like I love when somebody holds somebody up for a suplex. It does I don't know why, but it makes that landing always so much better. The
0: blood rushes to the head.
1: I know, but it looks cool, and that's all I care about. After an
0: Irish whip, Rogers ducks a clothesline, comes back off the ropes, slides under Williams, and pulls him down. Kind of like a sunset flip, but going under instead of over. The varsity club starts using their power advantage to wear down the Fantastics. Sullivan's tossed into a corner by Rogers, but gets his boot up when Tommy charges in. The games master goes to the top rope, but Rogers is up to press slam him to the mat. Rogers then goes to the top rope himself, goes for a splash, but Sullivan gets his knees up, and the club regains control. Dr. Death with a leg drop, a rubber band slam, and a falling headbutt before putting on a headlock. Rogers then ducks a clothesline and returns with a dropkick, but Sullivan is in to prevent the tag. Sullivan goes for a suplex, but Rogers reverses for one of his own, and then Rogers leaps over Sullivan. For what might it be? To make the hot tag! <laughs> Fulton jumps over the ropes right into a dropkick on Williams. Right hands, back body drops on Dr. Death. Fulton has Williams in the corner and begins punching away to the count of nine when Williams hits an inverted atomic drop. That Fulton no sells and delivers a clothesline.
1: No selling an inverted atomic drop is ballsy. I'm shocked. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to no sell me
0: completely. Fulton locks on a sleeper on Dr. Death, and Rogers has locked a sleeper on Sullivan. Fulton lost his grip, so he goes to run the ropes and hits another Thes press, but they fall into the ropes for a rubber band slam, and Williams goes for the pin and the win. And, and new, the crowd is heated over this title change.
1: But how's that baby in the front row though? Was he? I don't know. Sound there's, asleep? There's no. I mean, he's just on his mom's lap. I was like, that's. It's pretty fun. that There's like a two-year-old at an NWA show.
0: So we go up to the top with Tony and Magnum to review the match with replays, and then preview the next match, and then we go back to Jr. and Bob.
1: And I'm having a hard time remembering this, and it makes me a dummy, but. Which one's the Fez press? I mean, I know Lou Fez, and I remember that like there's. a, I feel like there's a good amount of Fez presses throughout this show for good reason. But I'm fez trying to remember what it looks like, the, um, which is not good radio. But they anyway. basically
0: come off the um, with their shoulders or with their knees, like a drop kick, but with mm-hmm. their knees instead of their to land. Oh, like to land, okay, yeah, I got gotcha.
1: you. I got gotcha, you. Yeah, yeah, falling double knee off, off of a rope. But yeah, and then the, so it's kind of like a. Crossbody type of thing, yeah, where it's crossbody, but with, with your knees press. yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: So then we head off to our second match. We got the original Midnight Express. Oh, this is sweaty. Of Dennis Condry and Randy Rose with Paul E. Dangerously, the man himself, versus the Midnight Express of Bobby
1: Eaton and Stan Lane with Jim Cornette. And would I know? I am not Mister History, but is that really the original? Midnight Express, and like they are just didn't make it to TV. What's the deal? Because, like, if I asked, well, I would say anybody on the street, but anybody on the street would not have an answer for me, probably. But I was like, uh, who's the who's in the original Midnight Express? They would say beautiful Bobby Eaton and stunning Stan Lane. The original Midnight
0: Express was Dennis Condry and Randy Rose in some independent, like text like in Texas. It was like, somewhere. yeah, it
1: was like. Deeper territory yes times. not on
0: not on national TV yeah. Anywhere. yeah. Randy Rose actually left and Bobby Eaton came into the the
1: territory. I know it was him and Dennis. and then Bobby and Dennis were the midnight I, Express. I, I, I guess I know I know Dennis Condry was in there. Randy Rose is a name that's like basically new to me
0: And then basically, the year before Dennis Condry had left the NWA. So Stan Lane had joined with Eaton and Cornette to continue on the Midnight Express name. Condry had reunited with Rose in the AWA Ah. and longtime Cornette nemesis Dangerously as they were the original Express in the early 80s, like I was saying. Mm -hmm. And then Condry and Rose and Dangerously came to the NWA and set out to prove that they were the better version of the Midnight Express. It's kind of the story behind that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was just—it's like I always think those guys, but it's probably because of the shows we've been watching. I know Dennis Condry was a, a Midnight guy. Randy Rose is new to me, and every the, time the I Randy say his Rose name, I just new, think is the of the new person. Aussie's guitar player, but he is
0: also credited as one of the Midnight Express in being a professional uh, yeah, wrestling yeah, Hall of Famer. Yeah, because the because the Midnight Express are are in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame
1: for good fucking reason. <laughs> exactly, but uh, Jim in real life. Jim Cornette <coughs> is Jim Cornette and uh, a a poly hater. I think, it's, it, it's, I think hard... it was
0: more a like a kayfabe.
1: Well, no, no. I just mean nemesis. like I mean like nowadays. Like I don't know. I don't know either cause, I don't know. like I normally know where Jim Cornette stands on most things because uh, he doesn't hide anything, uh, and he's endlessly entertaining. I mean, you should just tweet at him and find out. I mean i I could just get a I I could just Google a, a shoot vid. Does Cornette hate payment? Ch- shoot vid, yeah. I just don't know how he feels about uh, ECW, because a lot of those guys...
0: I guess I just spoiled that a little bit, didn't I? Paul E. Dangerously, a.k.a. Paul Paul Heyman, Heyman, who's a wrestling observer, Hall of Famer, at this point.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, Already at this point? Already at this point. Wait, no, like today or in 1988? As of today. As of right now. Uh, That's funny, earlier, uh, before I had some friends come over to watch some sumo, I finished a show... For this show, and then I threw on Rise and Fall ECW while I cleaned the house, just because it'd been years. It's just great. So much fun. Sorry. Let's get to this.
0: As soon as Eaton Lang get in the ring, they attack the original Midnight Express, and then Cornette challenges (laughs) dangerously to a fight in the middle of the ring.
1: It is so good.
0: And the OME is holding Paul back. Gary Capetta finally announces the match, and we might remember Gary Capetta from the actually Super Clash three as he was the ring announcer for that show uh, as well. Oh, okay.
1: I don't remember that, but I love Super Clash 3.
0: And then the Midnight Express slingshots Rose and then double vertical suplex on Conjury into the ring. Midnight Express then whips both Rose and Conjury to the same corner. Conjury's knocked from the ring and Cornette whacks him with the tennis racket. It's kind of crazy hearing the crowd cheer for Cornette.
1: Oh, yeah. There's like a, cor- yeah, there's a Cornette chant, I believe. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, this rules. I love it.
0: Midnight Express continue to have control in the match, and every time that Rose or Condry is knocked out of the ring, Cornette hits him with the racket. Rose gets caught up in the ropes, and Eaton knocking him around with right hands. Condry's fighting off both men, but his rubber band slammed, and then has his head slammed into the turnbuckle. Eaton comes off the top rope with an elbow drop, and then Rose goes for a monkey flip, but Lane holds onto the ropes, and Rose hits the mat. Eaton's draping Rose across the top rope, and Lane comes off the ropes, leaps over Eaton for a crossbody on the back of Rose.
1: If you can't tell, this is hot shit. This is super (laughs) hot shit.
0: Eaton whips Rose to the corner and charges in with a Bronco Buster, but Rose moves. Condry and Rose take control of the mat and begin working over Eaton. Rose then slams Eaton, and then the original Midnight Express go for the rocket launcher, but Eaton moves. And the rocket launcher is basically a assisted, a press slam crossbody combo. Yeah, it
1: sounds like it should be like a long dart <laughs> to the corner, but it's not. <laughs> but Eaton makes it to the corner for the hot tag. Lane with some
0: karate kicks, double noggin knocker, does some dancing, and then a kick to the back of the head. Eaton goes to hit Condry and ends up knocking both of them and the ref out of the ring as Lane is going for the cover. Dangerously jumps in the ring and hits Lane with a Zach Morris style cell phone, and goes to roll. (laughs) I was
1: like, "Why are you bringing up Zach
0: Morris?" And goes to roll Rose on top of Lane when Cornette rolls into the ring and gives Paul a big right hand. The ref is in, starts the count: one, two. What is this? A cell phone? <laughs> he holds it up and starts asking Rose about it. And then he's like walking around. Is it Teddy Long? It's Teddy Long. Oh, and I love
1: it. He's, he's Teddy walking around L- the
0: ring, like asking the crowd, like,
1: where'd this if come the, from? If, if The Rock is the people's champ, Teddy Long is the people's ref because he asks the crowd constantly for advice when he doesn't know what's going on. And I fucking love it. He does it throughout the show. He does it here, but, like, Teddy Long, like, he's a character. A lot of times the ref's not as much of a character, but Teddy Long has a little bit of personality in yeah. here, and I kind of fucking love it. Love it it's like, let's say, like, like who's the best uh, ref? Red Shoes. Who has the most person? Who has... Sometimes Ref ha- uh, Red Shoes has more... Uh, more- Eddie. <laughs> oh, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Big up, Eddie. Sometimes Red Shoes has more personality in the ring than some of the guys in the ring that are doing the That's wrestling. That's true. Which is like, yeah. Red
0: Shoes refing a Tai Chi versus Goto match.
1: I'm watching Red Shoes. Hey, I like Goto. Tai Chi's growing on me. Yeah, I see that look you just made. Sorry for interrupting, but I love you Teddy Long and you should have shaved your head in 1987.
0: So as he's asking <laughs> about the phone, all of a sudden the, ex- the new Express
1: hit the double goozle the double what? The double goozle. I heard him say that, but what is the double goozle, Matthew?
0: Even hitting a lariat while Lane sweeps the legs. It
1: looks amazing. Terrible name. And Lane gets the pin and mm. the win. The goose With the goose.
0: <laughs> Post-match, Conjury, Rose, and Dangerously have the racket and the phone and are laying out the express and cornet.
1: I love that both gimmicks get used like at the end. It's like, oh. The phone, like, the racket's like the old-school mama's boy. The phone, new-school mama's boy.
0: Somehow, Eaton steals the racket
1: from We
0: We don't really see how that happens, and clears the ring. And then we head up to Tony to review the match with replays. Back to JR and Bob,
1: who preview some of the other matches. By saying nothing. Pretty much. These guys are fucking white toast, no fucking butter. Nothing good. <laughs> yeah. Nothing good is it's, ever said it, by any of these guys. It's really a bit bummer. And JR then, grows up one day.
0: And the Magnum T, uh, they head to the back, Madam TA is there with the varsity club. And Sullivan says, he traded in a moron for a genius. Referring to Rick Steiner for Dr. Death Steve Williams. And then we head to our third match The Russian Assassins, number one and number two, with Paul Jones versus Junkyard Dog and Iron Cola.
1: Cakes. Uh. I You told me that we were done with the Junkyard Dog. In the WWF. I know, I know. But it was exciting. But you don't get, to, grab your cakes here. No, you sure don't. But you you, you bet I was singing it oh, I know uh, you to were. nobody on my couch as I watched uh, this match. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. This, this match. So there's a little... The story behind
0: this match, a uh, little bit of one, was that Ivan Koloff had broken away from Paul Jones' army.
1: Because moving- Ivan Koloff... He's Russian. No. Right? Koloff, He's got CCP on his trunks and shit. But he's
0: going up against the Russian assassin. I know, but like he's like how is that matter?
1: Is he like I nobody's just like he was it was Paul Jones, was he part of the Russian Assassins? Like No, he was I, just the manager. No, no, like Ivan Kolov, like oh, no. he, he was a heel manager, like he's face now, but yeah, he actually. was, you know, but he still got the CC like Yeah, CP he, he just started on.
0: he started teaming up with Nikita again, basically. Yeah. Because this this is actually supposed to be Nikita. In this oh, match, instead of Junkyard, uh, but his Nikita's wife grew very ill, oh. and so he stepped away from wrestling.
1: Well, I hope she's doing okay. I didn't look to see if she's alive. I don't even know be. if Nikita Koloff's alive. Nikita Koloff is still alive. Well, I hope his wife or ex wife is doing fine as well.
0: So, earlier in the month, Koloff was beaten down by the assassins, and JYD made a surprise appearance. To make because he
1: just got let go by the WWF,
0: he left the WWF and went to the NWA. Jones then signed a contract saying he would retire, and the assassins would unmask if they lost. So, are these
1: the normal assassins of ilk, and then now they just are called the Russian assassins? These are new, these are new I, assassins. I figured from, they were
0: from when we saw them a long time ago.
1: I don't. I don't like. It's hard for me to get one and two. So I have like chubby assassin and like other assassin. There's one that has a bit of a gut. A little bit. Of, yeah. right. He's like he's by no means like like a fat guy, but there's like I, that's how I could tell Ivar while I was watching. These guys
0: basically become like glorified jobbers, basically.
1: So none of these guys ever, uh, you know, turn a new leaf. Go from like not well, no one of these guys isn't Isaac Yankum into Kane. No, nothing okay. like that.
0: As JYD and Koloff are in the ring, I was like, should we not call these guys the Chain Gang? Oh, that's they fucking good. Because They both have chains, yeah. That's good. I was like, How did they not? And do the thing ropes?
1: is, like, it's 1988, you can call a group the chain <laughs> <Exactly>. game, <laughs> like, and it's not like, and it's yeah. Uh, and some it, some lady
0: has an assassin's unmasked sign. Oh, in yeah, the crowd.
1: there's some good. This is a show where we start to get more signs, and there's some cool ones,
0: yeah. There's some pretty cool ones. The match starts JYD with some doggy style headbutts and then throws assassin one through the ropes to the ring post. JYD, with a big right hand, sends Assassin Number 2 over the top rope.
1: I love how he starts with the fucking all four butts
0: though. JYD goes for a cover, but Paul Jones is there to move Assassin 2's leg under the rope to break the count. And then Koloff hits a second rope Russian sickle to Assassin 2. Ivan with a sunset flip, but the ref never counts as he's busy getting Assassin 1 out of the ring. Koloff then takes Assassin 1 to his corner for what we normally see the partner sticking a boot out but J.Y.D. sticks his head out for the headbutt.
1: Uh, the like, <laughs> C-T-E? What does that even mean? I love you, dog. The chain Gang with the double clothesline on Assassin
0: 1 and J.Y.D. with a snapmare but misses a falling headbutt. A, uh, Assassin 1 starts raking the eye and the assassins take control of the match. The assassins go for a double-team maneuver as Assassin 1 is holding J.Y.D., but Assassin 2 jumps off the ropes with a double axe handle, but the dog moves. Assassins whip JYD to the corner and then go for a Russian missile, which is basically an assisted Irish whip shoulder block. But JYD moves. And the dog is makes the hot tag. Hot tag. <laughs> hot tag. Cole off with right uh. hands to both assassins. Jones jumps up on the apron and gets a right hand as well. The chain gang Irish whip the assassins into each other. Koloff has Assassin 1 on the ropes when JYD tosses Assassin 2 to the other side. And Assassin 2 leapfrogs JYD, hits Ivan from behind, knocking Assassin 1 to the floor. Mm-hmm. JYD then gives an atomic drop into a Russian sickle from Koloff to Assassin number 2. Paul Jones is on the outside, hands Assassin number 1 something...
1: The F.O. The
0: F.O., and puts it in his mask. (laughs) Koloff is making the cover, but the ref isn't there. And Assassin number one rolls in, gives a falling headbutt to the back of Ivan's head, and then makes the cover for the pin and the win. This face that you just made, is that disdain for this this match?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't... If if you had a mask on, let's say you have just not even a cool like a Russian assassin mask on. Let's say you just have um, Zoro mask. No, we need something bigger, just like okay. a regular run-of-the-mill ski mask. Okay. And I gave you like what would even be like maybe like a, a roll of quarters, a roll of quarters, or maybe like something more flat. So like maybe like a like a uh, sharpening stone. Okay, that's that's that works. Why not? And you put it it's in, it's you, an yeah, yeah. If you put it in your mask on your forehead, and then you hit somebody with it, would it not hurt you as well? Unless you're a junkyard dog who does headbutts for a living, and then it would make sense. Maybe in kayfabe, but it still in doesn't make it fucking sense because it's gonna fucking hurt. Right. But oh man, I was just like, what in the fuck? Though this match is just like the winners. It's uh, ass. Russian
0: ass It's it's, it's a bunch of Russian ass Sims Yeah So JR and Bob review the matches that we've seen And then we head straight off to our fourth match Rick Steiner versus Mike Rotunda With Kevin Sullivan For the NWA World Television Championship Hell yeah And the story behind this match is that Steiner had actually been in the varsity club But was treated as their dull-witted underling and Steiner and Rotunda would get into a shoving match after they lost a tag team match to the Garvins, and then they would start feuding over the television title. The belt. So in this match, Sullivan is actually going to be locked in a cage high above the crowd. Oh, the Jim Cornette spot. Because it's an NWA show. Someone's gotta be in the shark. Yeah. Sh- we, we have the Shark Tank, we gotta use it,
1: right? We're not we're not blading, so we gotta use the Shark Tank. So the
0: cage is right in front. When like it gets lifted up, it's right in front of the set camera <laughs> that shows the widescreen shots I, I don't, of the I don't ring. Even, I don't
1: even think I caught that. That's fucking silly. So like
0: literally, he's hanging there, and you cannot see like Teddy Long's holding up the belt in the middle of the ring, and you mm-hmm. can't see Teddy Long's head. Yeah, like anything above his shoulders, you cannot see. I mean,
1: yeah, it's like I see what they they wanted it to be in the shot, but it was just like not. It should have been off to the yeah, side should have been off or to the something side, yeah. but you know i mean that's why they had
0: always done it was off to the side and they, yeah. this time they put it right in front. Of, like, it didn't make any sense
1: but maybe it's just the way the building worked i don't know so the match starts we get a bunch
0: of right hands from steiner that sends rotunda to the outside steiner actually is going by dogface gremlin at this point Ugh. as he has it on the back is dogface
1: gremlin not the best fucking name ever
0: it's one of the best yeah we get a huge clothesline from steiner to send rotunda rolling out of the ring to catch a breather And after Rotunda gets back in, Steiner bites Rotunda's gluteus maximus. He
1: bites his ass, and it rules. I think he bites his
0: ass more than once in this match. I'm sure he probably does. The very back-and-forth technical style match, with Rotunda just continuing to bell to the outside to break the momentum. This is good, well-paced stuff, in my opinion. Steiner's running the ropes when Rotunda just tosses him through the ropes to the outside, and then rubber band slams Steiner on the guardrail, and then the ropes. We get a back body drop, and Rotunda locks on a chin lock. Rotunda has control of this match. Steiner then hits a sunset flip, but Rotunda kicks out. And then Mike with the Irish whip goes for a drop kick, but Steiner holds onto the ropes. We get a small package for a two count by Steiner, followed up by another huge clothesline. Steiner then hits another back body drop that sends Rotunda high up into the air. And all of a sudden we see someone walking down the entryway. It's Dr. Death Steve Williams. Get out of
1: here, Steve.
0: Steiner hits a power slam for a two count, a belly to belly suplex, and Rick goes for the cover, and the bell rings. Steiner jumps up celebrating. The ref is finding out what happened. It was Dr. Death who rang the bell. The people operating Cage obviously didn't know what's going on, so they start lowering it. Mm-hmm. The head referee, Tommy Young, is now out. And is telling Teddy Long what just transpired. Kevin Sullivan's out of the cage. He's up on the apron. And all of a sudden, Teddy Long restarts the match. And we see Rotunda attack Steiner. Fuck yeah, Teddy. Sullivan grabs Tommy Young when Steiner pushes Rotunda to the ropes and hits Sullivan to the floor. Steiner makes the cover. Both refs
1: make the count. For the pin and the win. There's like, you went you went through that well, but there is so much happening in this match. There's like, it's fucking like I said, it's a very technical match, but like that's not super entertaining. I love. I yeah I but there's like a lot of extra stuff. Like Jr. plays up Rick Steiner being like adult by saying that he wanted to say hi to his mom. And then, like Rick Steiner has a hand, oh, like a like, basically like his hand is if you did like a hand puppet where you don't have a sock on or whatever, and he like kisses it. What's that up with? It's like painted on his hand.
0: It's uh, it's basically like his friend. It, yeah, it's he, like a because he's played as a dumb witted. Yeah, yeah, dumb witted, which, which we'll get underling to. Uh, you know
1: we will get to that shortly. But uh, he kisses it, and then I think he calls it like Alex or something, and then like. J- Alex L- or Alice or something. Yeah, like uh, K- L- Jr. Uh, makes reference to Kevin Sullen being like having a Norman Bates complex, <laughs> which I thought was really weird. It's like, all right, I didn't take Jr. for uh, I mean, Psycho's a huge movie, so you can't just because you've seen Psycho doesn't make you <laughs> a, a, a film guy. But yeah, fucking the ass biting, like he Rick Snyder does some some weird dancing at some point in the match. I love his low stance. He's definitely more of like a lower like wrestler type stance yeah. I uh, I like this there's chance big chance because they're both like collegiate guys so you'll get like Syracuse chance and what was the other school Michigan and Michigan scan st- uh, chance Syracuse sucks chance and stuff like that it's I love this
0: but because Steiner made the pin and the win mm-hmm and, and new
1: for good fucking reason so Rick Steiner is now our NWA world. Television champion. Uh, we also get Teddy. Teddy asking the crowd. Teddy asks the crowd. That's true. Teddy, Teddy does ask
0: like before Tommy Young gets out there. Te- Teddy's like asking like what,
1: what happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like and he's like really feeding into the crowd. And The crowd is legitimately responding. It, it's, was, it was. It's like yeah. It's it great. Was
0: great. I know probably I don't give this match as much credit with how oh, I do. Yeah, did. yeah. That's why. As, that's as why good as, that's as good as it is, it's a. Very good match. That's why I had to go back and do this, because I, like... The finish is possibly one of the best finishes. <laughs> this is episode 24. Yeah. One of the best finishes in 24 episodes.
1: It's good. It's, it's and, like, great. The storytelling through the whole match is good. Like the, Like, the part where you're confused, you're supposed to be confused, and everybody's confused, and then you know why you were confused before the match is over. Exactly. There's no questions. Everything that happens, uh, with the exception of the hand thing, but I wasn't watching this on TV in 1988, so like, it this is part of this it is like early Rick game Steiner game time, for me. Yeah. But like, you know, and that's that means nothing. But like, a lot of these matches in these like starcades and stuff, were like, I don't know what happened. And here it's very well telegraphed.
0: And then after after the match, uh, Steiner's running around the ring celebrating, yelling, I beat you! (laughs) I beat you! And then he runs back to the back with the belt and everything. And we go to Tony and Magnum, who review the match with some replays. And, like, I know early episodes, I complained about replays. These replays are perfect. Yeah, I I like replays. They're showing exactly what happened. They got
1: the moments that they needed to
0: get. And then we get our fifth match of the night, Bam Bam Bigelow, with Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Versus Barry Wyndham with J.J. Dillon for the NWA United States Heavyweight Championship. So, as we've seen, Bam Bam no longer with the WWF either. Yeah. Uh, he's actually been doing quite a few tours in Japan at this time, and NWA is trying to bring him in. He didn't stick around the NWA too long, but this is one of the few matches that he does get to. So, the champion, Barry Wyndham, actually doesn't get an entrance here. Bam Bam
1: does. I know poor Barry. We love Barry. Foreshadowing. <laughs> I know Matt. Matt. I mean, I guess we all read into that whenever we watch these old shows and current shows and We're blah Read right into blah. it at any yeah anytime. yeah time
0: because like the general rule of thumb is that the champion comes out second. I mean mm-hmm. that's the general rule of
1: thumb. So it's like, why would they telegraph that though? I guess they Bam Bam is hmm because, I mean, we do get a loud Bam Bam chant. Is this a beast from the fucking East? Dude, imagine, like, 1988. A guy with head tattoos? Bam Bam looks fucking badass in
0: 1988. He looks badass now.
1: I mean, yeah, but, like, everybody has... Like, yeah, people have, like, tattoos now. It's not, it's not as, like, taboo. Like, Harley Race's arm tat in, like, fucking, like, the late 70s was badass. And Bam Bam's got a fucking skull tattoo. It's, like... Kids are out here on Xanax, dude, getting face tattoos. More power to them. But like, Bam Bam's got a full skull fucking tattoo in 1988, and like, he's still alive, right? Bam Bam's alive. Is he? It's all right. Well, this, I liter- this I liter- is where we put in the editor's note. I literally <laughs> said he even looks great now. And then I was like, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's like that wasn't a dead joke. But yeah, uh, it wasn't a dead joke. <laughs> I really don't know. I but was like... I would just be curious if like Bam Bam's the guy with the head tattoo that doesn't like Jake the Snake out.
0: He's dealing cards for the Casino Royale. Is that
1: a <laughs> I mean, Jake made it out the other side. Make, making, making
0: appearances in uh, independent films.
1: Yeah, Jake the Snake made it out, for sure. I don't know how he did it, because I've seen Beyond the Mat.
0: Bam Bam passed away 12 years
1: ago. Oh my god. Well. R.I.P., bro. Yeah, I just hope that it wasn't like a weird drug thing. You know what? I'll get to it later. We have another show to do. Breaking Fabe. <laughs> match starts <laughs> bigelow picks up Wyndham up on his <laughs> shoulders and drops to his knees for a
0: backbreaker Wyndham hits a back suplex but bam bam's right up no selling it Wyndham firing away with right hands but bigelow no sells them and then press slams barry every time that bam bam hits a big move Wyndham rolls out of the ring to stall momentum of course it's bam bam it's uh heel thing to do
1: it's weird that the guy with the skull tat is the face and the handsome blonde man is not.
0: So Bigelow has Wyndham in the corner and is giving the five count of punches. Bam Bam jumps down and Wyndham just falls over. Bigelow hits a drop kick to send Wyndham over the top rope, and JJ Dillon jumps up on the apron to argue that Bam Bam should be disqualified because you're not supposed to throw people over the top rope.
1: I know that's like if they say that in this match, and I'm like. Pff. I know we've talked about these rules before, but they're just so ancillary. They're still, ancillary, they're still but, <laughs> Yeah. Wyndham
0: tosses Bam Bam through the ropes to the floor, and Bigelow landed hard on his knee. Bam Bam hits a headbutt from the apron, and then a slingshot splash. Bigelow with a military press and goes to the top rope for an atomic splash, but Wyndham moves. Wyndham with some right hands, a running lariat, back suplex, punches in the corner, and a drop kick that sends Bigelow to the floor. Wyndham rams Bam Bam into the ring post and goes for the claw. Yep. Barry has to break the hole when Bigelow makes it to the corner, but Wyndham then slams Bam Bam. Barry comes off the top rope, but Bigelow moves. And Bam Bam's up, giving right hands. Irish whips Wyndham, who comes back off the ropes with a crossbody that sends both men to the floor, even knocking over a cameraman. Cameraman bump. (laughs) Bigelow gives an atomic drop that sends Wyndham towards the ring post, and Bam Bam charges in. Barry moves, and Bigelow hits head first on the ring post. Wyndham rolls into the ring, and the ref gets to the ten count, and Bigelow is counted out.
1: Dude, uh, the Bigelow drop kick, though. Bigelow, whatever you want to talk about. It's pretty great. Like, both these guys are great. I love some Bam Bam. This shit's good. This good shit is good shit.
0: So we see JR and Bob review the match, and then we go to the back with Magnum TA. He's back there with Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner says, Every dog has his day, and today was my day. Did the sound cut out on yours?
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm tired of calling I'm tired of him calling me stupid. A lot of people are gonna and then they're like, oh, this is probably my favorite promo. Really? Of maybe all time. I, I I didn't tell you ahead of time. I was like, I kept wanting to talk about it. But leaving this show, my heart beats, beats, beats heavy. I know just this promo is fucking genius. And like the comedic timing is amazing. I was losing my shit. His, the dog faced gremlin won my heart in this fucking promo. He just plays this dumb character so well and TA says like normal stuff that they would say and his responses are amazing he's like a lot of people are going to be coming to take that belt from you and he's like who (laughs) like he's just completely like aloof and he says who and like yeah and and then he says when (laughs) like and he's just like he's just like oh I want it so now it's mine and but the way he sells it and like his voice is like small and like he's just like he's basically pure like airhead classic like space cadet But the comedian Like I would watch I would watch a whole movie Of uh, this Of this promo And you're about to talk shit And I'm so upset I took the
0: opposite Fuck you From this This is This is is amazing This is so bad
1: I disagree completely So bad I fucking I love it so much I'm gonna make you watch it When we're done tonight Because (laughs) I think Like Eve Look at my notes It says best promo In quotation marks Oh, man. I was like... Man, who? I, I was like, Why? I, know,
0: I know he's playing a character of being dumb, but I was just like, this is... It was way over the top for me, I think.
1: I mean, over the top for an NWA show, you mean? That's
0: probably what it is. Okay. I, I, I would... If this was in the WWE... But what about Dusty? It's, it's just a but what about, character. What
1: about Dusty and Rick, who are the guys for reasons, and they are more on that side of cartoony... I think you're wrong about about be. about the dog face. I might be. I, I held it back as soon as it happened. I wanted. I was like, I gotta save something because a lot of the times I'll get excited about something and we'll talk about it. I just was like, but I, I normally don't get angry, but I am upset with you right now. I'm upset, I mean, with, your like, I'm upset like, with your opinion. I'm upset with your opinion, man. Sam Matt. Houston either. Yeah, but my love of Sam Houston, I understand <laughs> people not agreeing with, and my love of junkyard dog, I understand people like not like being like, oh, like that's cool, you like it, but I don't. But this promo—that's
0: the thing. I like Rick Steiner. I just, man, I just didn't like this promo. I
1: would suggest, if this promo is on a YouTube clip, to watch it twice, listener.
0: Because I, I will, like some of my favorite wrestlers from WCW were the Steiner brothers. I, yeah, I can't wait till we get some Steiner brother stuff. Cause yeah, they were some. I like mean,
1: this, uh, this match that, this Mike Rotunda match was—it was, it really, was good. really good. That promo had me in friggin' tears. I had to not curse because I was, that was me channeling myself through Rick. Rick Steiner doesn't curse. Not this Rick Steiner.
0: Not this Rick Steiner. No. He's too dumb to do it.
1: Exactly. Well, he's too much of a mama's boy. So we're going to head off to our sixth match. We got Sting
0: and Dusty Rhodes versus the Road Warriors of Hawk and Animal with Paul Ellering for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. So the story behind this match was that the Road Warriors would attack Sting after a match turning heel. And they would also attack Dusty a few weeks later by removing one of the spikes from their shoulder pads and attempt to gouge his
1: eye out. I want to see that clip. It's out there. I know, I need to find it because it's either really good or really bad. You watched it? I have not. Oh, okay. (laughs) I've
0: just, I read enough about it that I'm like...
1: You don't want to see it? don't need to see that. I want to see it.
0: So the match starts, well no, actually the match doesn't start. The Warriors attack before the bell... But Sting gives a drop kick and Dusty a DDT to clear the ring. We then get the announcement from it's Gary Kapeta, with that. everyone just kind of chilling in the
1: ring. I'm like, it's weird. How are you like,
0: gonna How are you gonna have a hot start like that and well, then just be like, okay, cool, make the announcement? I feel like you match. could
1: do it if they, if they, if like Road Warriors run in, they get their, they get their shit knocked out. They roll out and then... They make the Road
0: Warriors are in on the floor. Yeah.
1: But they're both
0: standing in the ring just being civil. And I'm just yeah. like... Yeah,
1: it's like no, 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 what? no, no, no. Like if they rolled back out to the uh, ring and like Teddy Long is like doing one of these with his like really bad hair that he needs to shave. Putting his arm out. Yeah, putting his arm out and... Yeah, arm out and yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Do one of these. You know, you can see this, right? <laughs> uh, just do one of these and um, and then, you know, and then they do the over the the and then they announce the match or whatever that's fine but
0: yeah it was just really weird cool
1: heart hot, hot start with the road warriors going in there and then the road warriors like just
0: ring the bell and let's get going like yeah. once that hot start starts I'm just like yeah. I, I didn't get doing the announcement after that
1: but the match starts officially now I mean they want to they, they pump that crowd that road warrior pop you got four hot motherfuckers in here
0: if you're at the show and you don't know who these four dudes are.
1: You shouldn't be at this. No, show. no, I'm just saying, like, we know who these guys are. Like, everybody's hot for this. Dial it back. Give them a taste. Dial it back. Let it explode again. Maybe we'll get another pop.
0: Well, them just rolling out of the ring and then getting back <laughs> in and restarting it gives you that. It doesn't
1: mean it was a good idea.
0: So the match starts. Sting reverses an Irish whip, leap frogs, and then drop kicks animal to the floor. Dusty with the bionic elbow, and then begins choking and raking animal's eyes. Hark starts stomping a mud hole in Sting. And Sting would recover with a power slam and a jumping elbow drop on Hawk. Animal with the military press and a rubber band slam, but Sting lands on his feet and delivers multiple clotheslines to send Animal to the floor. Dusty starts slamming Animal's leg on the ring post several times.
1: Is that when he's on the outside? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he does like the typical like it's it's so like weird wrapped around the ring yeah. post. Yeah. It's so head. weird that like in this time period, like faces do heal shit. And it's fine. Like, literally, all I was watching this match, and I was just like... I mean, Hulk Hogan does it all the time, too. Like Dusty was basically the heel in this match. And, like, we'll face... Like, fa- like heels... Or faces will do, uh, like, face rakes or I Like, face rakes all mm-hmm. the time. And, like, what's more heel than a fucking face rake? Or just, a, like, at a straight, like, nut shot. shot. It's really weird.
0: Rhodes is trying to put the figure four on Hawk, but Animal runs in and delivers an elbow to the head. Hawk then has Dusty on the outside and raking at the face. The warriors continue to work over Dusty's eye and forehead. Dusty's starting to get a second win and delivers a drop kick to Hawk, but animals end to regain control a with dusty a Dusty drop Dusty dropkick. Yeah.
1: It's not that bad considering it, what we all know Dusty looks like. It's better than I can do, and I am... Less fat than Dusty.
0: I could do a better drop kick than Dusty Rhodes.
1: Uh, Matt, Matt's a big guy, but I've seen you on your feet, and it's kind of impressive. But so I don't know. I don't think that I could. It was JR let's, points let's it out. out. JR, like, yeah, when no no uh, drop kick challenge. <laughs> we can get one of those uh, air that, like, blow up uh, Hulk or, like, that you, you remember that like, they had the sand in the bottom, and you punch them, uh-huh. and they come back? Uh, those are great. I think I had a Turtles one.
0: Let's get a Hogan one.
1: I would love that. I'll give him the big boot.
0: Rhodes escapes the headlock by dropping down with a jawbreaker on Hawk and finally makes it to the corner for the hot tag. Stings in with right hands, a bulldog, a dropkick, and a stinger splash, all on Animal. Stinger locks on the scorpion death lock on Animal, but Hawk comes in and tosses Sting over the top rope to the floor. The Warriors start to gang up on Dusty, setting up for the doomsday device, but Dusty mule kicks Animal to escape. Sting then comes off the top rope with a crossbody on Animal and goes for the pin. All of a sudden, Paul Ellering pulls the ref out, crawls into the ring, and hits Sting. The ref calls for the bell, and the Warriors have been disqualified. Bomb bomb bomb. Post match, Sting gives Hawk an insiguri, and Dusty hits Ellering before they can escape the ring.
1: Kind of a lackluster ending. A well, lot of a lot of hot guys, not the hottest match, but there's some good spots.
0: I mean this match is what you call Sting's the hottest face in the in the in the company. Mm-hmm. Keep him hot. But they don't want to put him up against Flair. No. The Road Warriors they turn heel. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "I oh, will put Steve." Well, the Road
1: Warriors get a very mixed, uh, well, mixed, mixed pop because they were like Road Warriors.
0: Quotations heal. They it made no sense for yeah. them to because they they were literally the probably the second biggest. And then yeah. we're finding somebody
1: that doesn't like the Road Warriors and and then the, we have
0: Dusty Rhodes, who's like, "Oh, let me be in the match with the top guy."
1: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what's going on here. I love, I love a bulldog. I love bulldogs all the time, and. It was really great to see a Sting bulldog. I really like Sting's nice yell, and I like their matching gear. They're both wearing, like, white and blue, and Sting's got the, you know, blue face paint. There's some good stuff in here, but it's by no means a classic.
0: No, definitely not. So we're going to go up to Tony and Magnum to review the match with some replay, and then they preview the next match. And then they go back to JR and Bob, and they continue to preview the next match. (laughs) Which is our seventh (laughs) match of the night. Lex Luger versus Ric Flair with J.J. Dillon for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship.
1: I'm still mad about your opinion. Rick Steiner's promo is so good. So the stipulation in this match is that
0: the title could change hands if Flair was disqualified.
1: It's kind of like anti-cage match, cage match. Basically uh, just so he couldn't. He couldn't just
0: walk off because if he
1: it's like the anti, anti-pasta of like I mean cage technically it is a
0: count out of disqualification. Yeah, right. Think I mean yeah. I, he would have lost the belt. I, I mean they specifically said disqualification, so I think they were trying to keep him from cheating. Yeah, yeah. But technically a count out. I think he probably would have kept the belt. But
1: they're not so gonna, he could just like bound bones out. They're not going to book the match. It's like oh like Sting can get counted out, but Ric Flair can't. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like oh, it's like he's already working at a handicap. We see a sign. I mean, in the- I'm sorry. I said Sting. I meant Lex Luger. The total package. Yeah.
0: We see a sign in the crowd, which is probably my favorite sign from the entire night. That the says, four horsemen one. Uh, no, Luger okay. is gonna kick some booty in public, if you will.
1: Yeah, I saw that too. I was like, I had to. I had to read it a few times because, like, what does that mean? What is it? If you will. I have no clue. Is that a? Is that a famous? It makes no sense. Is that a famous like Lex Luger line? If you will. Like, Lex Luger doesn't even look like he can talk.
0: I don't want to hear him talk. <laughs> so we get a...
1: Woo! We sure do. Some styling. Right and off the bat.
0: early on. Luger hits a clothesline that sends Flair over the top rope. Lex posing in the ring, taunting Flair. Oh, hey, look. It's Luthez. He's up in the crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. Flair's running the ropes. Luger with a leapfrog. Catches Rick with a power slam. Lex then tosses Flair to the ropes and lifts him up with a press slam. Luger tosses Flair into the turnbuckle, shoulder first, but Rick retaliates with a chop, but
1: Lex just asks for more. The no... yeah, I love me some some big boy no-selling, like Bam Bam's no-selling.
0: Flair rolls out of the ring, but Luger gives chase, but the ref gets in the way, telling them to take it to the ring. Good job, ref.
1: It's not Teddy, though.
0: Lex, Lex again sends Flair, shoulder first, into the turnbuckle, and then locks on a hammer lock. And after a Luger hip toss, Flair rakes the eyes, starts chopping away, but Lex no-sells them. Flair again rolls out of the ring, and Luger is after him, throwing Rick into the ring post. JR starts bringing up the history of Flair at Starcade's, bringing up 1983 and Gene Kanitsky. But literally, JR bringing up Gene Kanitsky made my blood boil for a few minutes. Why? Starcade 83... And his stupid ass refing in the main event between <laughs> race and Flair still pisses me off.
1: What did what did what did he do? We get the crossbody, the the sloppy crossbody for the win. But what did just he just like do the film? whole
0: checking of the, oh, the shoulders? Thing. Yeah, it was like, yeah. It was the worst. I was like,
1: I did. I forgot his name. You were mad about it. So, I get I was it. So so blood boiling over. Almost as mad as I am for you about having a bad opinion about race I, Rick I think probably. I was more mad.
0: Flair's running the ropes Luger with a leapfrog Goes for a clothesline But Rick ducks Lex comes back with a second attempt To knock Flair down Luger then hits a vertical suplex To bring Flair in from the apron Lex tries for a jumping elbow drop But Rick moves Flair takes control with some kicks Chop and then tosses Luger Through the ropes to the floor And Rick slams Lex's head Against a guardrail a couple of times Along with more chops and punches On the outside
1: yeah, the guardrail stuff was—it's fun. It's like, yeah, you don't see a whole lot of that at this time.
0: No, I—I was not totally, in these shows. I was totally expecting—it's not a duel of the butcher match or whatever to, for someone to to bleed. Yeah, because we hadn't seen any blood so far in this show. Yeah,
1: the WCW, uh, knowing that it was a WCW promotion, I was like, oh, a production that, like. Also, we've only had one Abby match, right?
0: Uh, I think we had a couple Maybe through two our, Through our days Yeah He was kind of on the outs Whenever I mean by the yeah time we started So once back in the ring Flair with a snapmare And a running knee drop And a jumping double stomp Right on the chest of Luger I know It's fucking great Flair's chopping And punching away But Lexigan's nose sells it And fires back With punches of his own Before locking on a sleeper Flair escapes With a side suplex And both men are down Flair then hits Another snapmare Goes to the figure four but Lex rolls Rick up with a small package for a two-count. Flair heads to the top rope, but Luger meets him and hits a superplex for a two-count. Lex then locks the figure four onto the champion. Flair seems to have grabbed the rope here to break the hold, but the ref kicks his hands away?
1: Yeah. I, was, I
0: wasn't I was quite sure exactly... I guess, was exactly. like,
1: what is, is that... Is that cheating? It's like, no, that's part of the rules, right?
0: Yeah, that's what I thought too. I didn't quite understand.
1: Like Maybe they were just like trying to nail in the fact that like the Flair DQ thing kind of reminds you, but it doesn't work when that's not how I view the rules.
0: So Flair finally pulls himself close enough to fully wrap his arms around the ropes, and the hold is broken. Luger's punching away at Rick in the corner, and the ref's trying to move him. When Lex accidentally elbows him in the face, Rick rakes Luger's eyes and throws him over the top rope. Which would have been a DQ if, he had seen, <laughs> if the ref had been there.
1: God, I hate that stupid rule. It makes no sense. When I watch these shows, that rule means nothing to me unless JR or like Tony F- Tony Schiavone says it. Lex jumps back
0: up and hits a top rope crossbody to make a cover, but the ref is still recovering, so only a two count. Luger then pulls Rick over for a backside pin attempt. Two count. Luger has Flair in the corner for a ten count of punches before tossing him to the opposite corner for the Flair flip. The rip doesn't make it over, so he has to crawl to the apron. Well, no,
1: like, yeah, it's kind of amazing. And I was like, I don't think it's planned, but honestly, it adds to the match. Yeah, it looks good. Like, you know, he gets thrown into the turnbuckle, and then he, like, flops over to the uh, apron. The outside, but, like, this, he, like, does the flop, but instead he just, like, it looks fucking real. Because yeah, it is it looks, real. He
0: does a back... Uh, he does a back a bump. Yeah, he basically right. yeah,
1: he like basically hits it and like tries to go to the outside but like somehow falls back into the ring and it looks fucking nasty and it really adds to the drama in my opinion. I think it was I think it was nice. I like it.
0: Lex hits another vertical suplex but again only a 2 count. Luger catches Flair with a press slam, power slam and calls for the torture rack.
1: Matt's favorite. JJ Dillon jumps are- on
0: the apron and Lex goes to grab him while Flair rolls out of the ring. Luger lets Dylan go and starts to go after Flair, but Rick pulls his feet out from under him. Now Dylan has the ref distracted in one corner, so Flair grabs a chair and hits it right across Luger's knee. It's good shit. Good shit? Lex is writhing in pain, and Flair starts working over the knee. We get a bleep from Luger. <laughs> we
1: do get a we do get a, we do get a uh,
0: expletive. That we don't know exactly what it was. A running knee drop, and the figure four from Flair crowd is chanting for luger and lex turns the figure four over to
1: reverse the pain and flair releases the hold dude reverse the pain is a very good band name too if you're gonna play like ignorant hardcore flair is climbing the top rope
0: but luger press lends him to the mat rick tosses lex to the floor but he jumps back up on the apron immediately so flair tries to rubber band slam him to no avail lex irish trips flair into a military press Flair then tosses Luger out of the ring again, but Lex comes back in with a sunset flip for a two count. Rick hits a running forearm, but Luger no-sells it. Lex again with 10 punches in the corner.
1: Those 10 punches are hot in 88 and
0: 89. Irish rips Flair to the opposite corner and follows with a clothesline. Luger then hits a power slam and lifts Rick up for the torture rack. Lex has him up. But his knee buckles from that chair shot. It's fucking good. Flair lands on top of him, gets his feet up on the ropes for leverage Ugh. for the pin and, and the win. win.
1: Uh, it's good shit, right? So good. It's good shit. What What is the deal with Ric Flair having like? Because this match they it has a time limit. I don't remember exactly what it was. I think it's like.
0: I think it was sixty minutes. Oh, was it? Yeah. I think, they went I, th- over I think thirty. It,
1: I think it was less than that. I think it was like forty or forty five. It might have been
0: forty five, but it went over thirty.
1: I have it forty five. So because it was forty five and we had that Sting Ric Flair match that was yeah. amazing, but uh with time on the draw, I thought maybe that would happen here. So when it didn't happen, I was legit pumped because I ex- kind of like Loki expected that based off of like, the whole reason we're doing this we is... We haven't had a
0: draw this, ma- this show yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, the whole... And, like, you know, it's late 80s. So like, maybe Rick doesn't want to go over... Honestly, uh, Rick's body looks better here than in a lot of other shows we've watched. Yeah. I, I'm, I like, noticed that Rick looked good. I mean, he, nobody looks good next to fucking Lex fucking Luger. Totally. But fine. Rick looks good compared to past Rick's. But I expected... Had an inkling of that happening because it's 45 minutes. 60 minutes. They're not going to go 60 minutes. I... There's a... I'm watching this on the internet. I know how long the show is, <laughs> but I thought so. When it didn't go that way, that was great. And but why is it that Ric Flair, paired with paired with the right guy, can do fucking magic like this?
0: Ric Flair is. He's like the he best. Can, he can carry anyone.
1: I feel like the thing starter. is like he's not nearly as like technically proficient as some other guys. He's just like a fucking amazing director. He you know what I mean? He sells for everyone. Yeah, he's, just, the thing. he's just a director. He's like, he's he's like just to do what I tell you to do, and, yeah. and feed into what I give you, and it's fucking good.
0: So we get Tony reviewing the match with replays, and then JR and Bob review the match as well. And while they're talking, you hear Gary Capetta in the background say something about a bunkhouse
1: stampede. Yeah, they're like, this is the last match on the pay-per-view, but they're obviously about to have a bunkhouse match.
0: Uh, it was a dark match.
1: Yeah, that. But you can hear it over the thing clearly.
0: Junkyard Dog uh, ended up winning. Hell yeah, love you, Jay. So then Magnum TA's in the back. He's with Flair and Dylan, and Flair lives by one motto: survival.
1: It's a good. It's a good. It's a pretty good Flair promo.
0: And he will do what it takes to win at all costs. Uh, and as they're talking, you hear the announcer again. Don't leave. Sorry. There's a bunkhouse stampede. And then of course Flair ends. As we all should end every statement that we have. Woo!
1: I need to work on my woo.
0: Back to Tony. And he gives a little bit of a history lesson about the NWA.
1: Yeah. And then basically says that... Is it the most interesting thing Tony's ever said? (laughs) (laughs) And then he says
0: the stiffest competition in the total package. You Think about that statement.
1: I don't even... I mean... What he's saying is, he found the stiffest competition in the total package. Sex jokes. Tony was outing Ric Flair for being gay in 1988. Uh, this is 88, right now. It's right? Yes, 88. Uh, but You're then he calls. But
0: then he calls Ric Flair Mr. Starcade.
1: Can you he, can't argue he, it.
0: Technically, he has headlined every single Starrcade. You, so far, you so. cannot
1: argue he is Mr. Starrcade. Dude, those Starcade shirts that everyone is wearing that look like dog shit are great. Like it's for the show for the shirt. Like the like the shirt for. And the opinion
0: about Rick Steiner means holds no merit to me. But
1: they're like they're they're like fun cheese. I'm so mad at you for this. Honestly. I think that <laughs> like I think this is the most I've disagreed with you is the Rick Steiner promo. I feel
0: like we've had some other disagreements so far, but
1: I'm sure we have, but normally I back down. I'm uh I'm not backing down. This is fucking great. You're gonna
0: Tom Petty this one? I need
1: you to and I will not back down. <laughs> no, I won't back down. Yeah, I think that we don't need any music in this show at all and we just play that at the beginning and at the end. And I know that you edit the show and that's not happening. It's not (laughs) happening. But I'm going to try to change your mind on this off mic.
0: So then we go back to JR and Bob to discuss the future of the NWA, the new champions, and say their goodbyes. And then we get a highlight reel from the evening to end the show. So I have a couple fun history lessons here for us. Okay. So... The original booking, or at least what Dusty Rhodes thought of and came up with, was that Luger would be beaten up by the Varsity Club before the show with Rick Steiner making the save. I'm listening. Lex would would have given the title shot to Steiner. <laughs> okay. Followed by a five-minute squash match where Steiner would have become world champion.
1: That's a bad idea. <laughs> And this is coming from the guy that uh, just loves Rick did, did, Steiner. did like, yeah, that Rick Steiner promo is my favorite thing that's happened in a while. Exactly.
0: Which leads us to a sad history lesson. <laughs> oh God. Because of that angle that they were thinking about running and the blade job that Dusty did on national TV what from the... the Road Warriors spike.
1: Oh, from before. I was like, it there was, was no blade was job on the show. It was on TV. Uh-huh. He gets canned.
0: Rhodes is fired because Turner basically was like, no blood, no blood. Yeah. and so they had to quit doing the blood, and and Dusty specifically had the road warriors do it on him as basically Because he's like, a, I'll take it. I don't care. Look at my forehead. You know, a rebel stance. Yeah, whatever.
1: he was like, fuck you. You're not changing me. I'm old school.
0: So the next time we see Dusty-
1: He's a polka dot man.
0: He'll be a polka dotted hero. So That's Michael fun. Temple- Yeah. Overall thoughts of Starcade 88?
1: Uh, there's some good stuff in this show. Rick Steiner match, Rick Steiner promo. Uh, this last match is... Uh, if you're going to watch a match on this show, you watch this last match. The opening tag was fine. I feel like this whole show was just tag matches.
0: I, literally, one of my notes is I would have changed the show order. Yes. So that there yes, wouldn't have been three yes. tag matches.
1: Back three tag back matches back in a row is a bad back. idea. But, like...
0: If anything I've ever learned from Vincent Mann, one of the things that I've heard him say is never put two tag matches back to back.
1: I agree completely,
0: and it's a great idea. Unless especially you're, especially after watching this.
1: Yeah, like depending on your style of promotion, like uh, New Japan does, like the undercard, but we all know what that is, so it's different. Yeah, it's completely different. Like everybody knows that what that's what this is, but I would say that the you know last match, you gotta watch it. Yeah, have to watch it. It's great. The Varsity Club uh, fantastic match is pretty good, but the Midnight versus Midnight is better, and the n- the only other good thing is the Rick Steiner match. So I say there's three very good matches worth your time on the show.
0: I mean, I think the show is enjoyable. It's overall. good overall. Overall, but, but
1: takeaways: there's three matches that like I feel like are that are, histo- that are historically. I mean, one Worth of the your other
0: time. one of the other notes is every single match went over fifteen minutes. They
1: were all long, yeah.
0: And they probably could have cut a few minutes off of a, a few of those matches, yeah. And either made the show shorter or get another another singles match. What I would have done, yeah, is put, like and put in between a couple of those tag.
1: Cut matches. down the two less good tag matches exactly. and then put in one more singles and stagger it. But you know, this is all. Hindsight, yeah, not a not the worst show, but there's three really good things here.
0: Very, very much so.
1: And if I were to rank them, how would you rank those three good things? Because we agree what the three great things are. Um,
0: because of
1: basically, would you take Rotunda and Steiner over or under? Uh, I mean, midnight? because of the
0: ending of that match, it's over. I really like that Steiner Rotunda match. It's over I because do, of that. I do wish though it was a few minutes shorter.
1: Yeah. Like the storytelling in all three of these matches is good. Oh yeah, especially totally. the the like, especially not the Flair Rick match or the the Flair Luger match. There's less of a story. Yeah. there. But I it's mean, a and, the and story and in to, the basic, ring is great.
0: Basically, until Flair cheats mm-hmm. and hits Luger with the chair. There's basically the story is Luger's just no selling everything, and yeah. Luger's super strong and nothing. Look at and nothing. I mean, so I guess there is a story being told, but that story is told. It's a 30 minute match, and that story is told for the first like 20 minutes. And it's like,
1: yeah, you could have done something else. I guess I low rated the Bam Bam match, but I don't know. I don't know. I didn't didn't love that match. It has moments. It's nice to see him, but it's not a great match. No. It's kind of like the like, I think it was
0: almost like a little bit of a clash of styles.
1: It's kind of like the first match where it's like, this is pretty good, but it just didn't connect. it's, It's not great. It's like the Varsity Club and Fantastics. Everybody in there is great. It they're all very, they're all very exactly. capable. They all uh, we're talking about them now for a reason. They can't all, not not every match is your best match. We all know what the worst match was. You can say that about just about any match with mask, masked assassins. <laughs> Is always gonna be the The
0: Russian assassins. Yeah, but they have. Mask.
1: Mask. I just mean masks because, like, there's so many it's things. Two different assassins. Though. Just, but there's so many assassins, and they always have masks on. So Did I didn't mean ever, the actual. Do they mask. ever
0: succeed in killing anyone? Because that's what an assassin does.
1: Well, I mean, maybe they kill. They kill. They kill. They kill. My interest in watching the show. Whew. They kill off the clock. Uh, they make. They make money so they can pay their taxes by wrestling, so they're like assassins. But the cover-up job is being a masked wrestler, which would probably be a really fun comic book if it was done in the right voice. Let's work
0: on that one over the weekend.
1: Uh, once I learned to draw. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right, fuck you.
0: I think it's time for us to mark it up. So, best moments of the night. Obviously, you love the Steiner promo. The
1: fucking Steiner promo.
0: I mean, I've said it earlier, The the ending of the Steiner Rotunda match is oh, yeah. one of my it was really good. favorite moments. The two I was, the two refs counting yeah. at the same time. That was so good. It's
1: really fucked up that I was surprised that I knew what was going on because as soon as the bell rang, the match had not ended. I was like, oh my God. And I like checked out for a split second where I was like another one of these. But then they brought me right back in and like gave me a finish that I understood and I was like, What? <laughs> like I got I like I like popped because because they subverted my expectation. Teddy Long with the cell phone. Teddy Long and cell phone. Teddy Long, just in general, is a high point for me on this show. A lot of these, a lot of these shows,
0: we'll, we'll see that Teddy Long is a high point. Yeah. Uh, Luger, Luger and
1: Flair. It's I mean, it's, amazing.
0: it's a great match. It's
1: not. Luger, it's not Luger's, as good. it's as, as,
0: never amazing in the ring. This is probably one of his best. But performances. this is probably one of the best performances.
1: I would say that this is, is uh, like this isn't quite forty-five minute draw. Sting and Flare, no. but it's not too far underneath it.
0: Yeah. I could, it, it's up there. It's yeah, up there yeah. for the Flare matches that we have seen so far. Definitely. How about Disappointing? What was
1: disappointing on this show? Uh, the Junkyard match sucked. Tony Schiavone fucking sucks. Fucking Bob Cottle fucking sucks. What did Tony sucks. Schiavone do this show? Nothing, and that's the problem. What did any of them do this show? Nothing, and that's the problem. Just because they're not. Well, Jesse. I mean, I get it that they're like calling it it's more a original, style. but like even, but even like sports, like baseball is more fucking interestingly called, and it's fucking baseball.
0: You know, Shivani does baseball. <sighs>
1: fucking cool. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know. I feel like that. I I love the NWA, like you know, realism or whatever. But I just find Tony Jovan and Bob Cottle, It's like they need to be separated. They shouldn't be on the same team. I mean. There's
0: no, there's no, colorful commentary.
1: There's none at all. It's too, it's too, too fucking play-by-play guys. There, there's nobody being the,
0: with Gorilla and Jesse. Gorilla's the straight man completely, and Jesse just gets to kind but of. But Gorilla's look.
1: not even. That's Gorilla is, basically Jesse Ventura compared to these guys. Like Gorilla still that's has, a, still has an opinion and still says funny stuff, and like still interacts in an interesting way. Where these guys, either one of them could do it by themselves. To the point where, like, neither of them are really necessary. Like, one or the other, we don't really need both.
0: No, definitely not. Which is
1: kind of weird. But, I mean, we've talked about this, and it's fine, it's whatever, it's the style. So it's not really a low point, it's just that it kind of makes it harder for me to enjoy some of these shows whenever you get into the less interesting matches.
0: I mean, I think I was disappointed in the Bam Bam Windham match a little bit. Just, I, I it think, was quick. Like, like, I said, like I said, I think there was maybe a little bit of a clash of styles. It yeah. Just, it just didn't connect. It did good. It,
1: it was good for putting Bam Bam over. And I think that's all it needed to do. And it did that. But I mean, it
0: f- f- furthered the feud between Wyndham and yeah, Bam Bam. Yeah, which was obviously... The, because they were trying to build Bam Bam up because they really wanted him to stay and be a big star. Basically. Why would you not? Exactly. Disappointing that Dusty Rhodes inserted himself into because he wanted to be in a match with sting basically yeah
1: i mean he's a douche but <laughs> we love him he's a lovable douche he's a lovable douche best performer of the night oh that's kind of i mean teddy long uh teddy long definitely gets the not runner up the the honorable mention but it would be i mean rick flair uh lex luger Flair, Max Luger, yeah. like right like yeah, totally. i mean like who who like yeah like steiner and rotunda were good well
0: i'm gonna go ahead and move on to most surprising because i think we're in agreement on yeah. best performer most surprising that that steiner rotunda match was as good as it was yeah i wasn't ready like for when, to when it, it started i was just kind of like Oh, okay. It won Ooh. it like
1: it won me over slowly it, over time yeah, it, and it like really built. Because it built it built well. huh. I, I do still
0: wish that it was probably a couple minutes shorter. Yeah, I agree. Because I, there was a little bit of a lull at the very beginning. Yeah. And I'll be honest, that's why my notes probably are not as extensive on that match because...
1: There is there is some, like, lull and, like... Because literally a
0: lot of it is them just locking up and doing yeah. doing some, like... And it really does, like, 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 build... It really does
1: build the match, for sure, but it's not really interesting to talk about. No. It doesn't mean that it's not interesting to watch because it does build it pretty well, but it yeah, does lull it's a, very good build. a little bit. And then...
0: JYD but, showing then, up.
1: Yeah, well, that was, that was fun. That was fun. That match just fucking sucked. Bam Bam showing fun. up. Bam Bam was surprised, surprise too. Uh But the, like the US, or is it TV champ match? Yeah. There was time to, like, it was very good, it won me over, I was surprised, but then I got my favorite promo of all time, which we're playing, right? Now that's not gonna happen. No, no, fuck fuck you, man. We're not. God damn it, it's good. I urge you, listener. Urge you.
0: He urges you. Go and watch this show for that promo. Well, there's good, there's like, and it's the a pretty three, good show. three good matches.
1: But fucking, just find the promo by itself, it's great. I think it's, Comedic gold. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling.
0: The dusty finish. Even though attendance would suffer after the article in the New York Daily Mirror, wrestling would continue. Tootsmont would begin to take over the New York area with the passing of Jack Curley and solidifying relationships with multiple promoters and managers. Mont would also begin to train future stars such as Antonio Roca, who was beloved by the Hispanic and Italian immigrants. Another trainee would be legendary Canadian grappler Stu Hart, who would become a renowned trainer and patriarch of one of wrestling's greatest families. Mont's most important alliance, though, would be with a promoter whose family would have more influence on professional wrestling than any other in history, Jess McMahon. Next week, Royal Rumble
1: 1989. 89 already. We're in 89. Ugh. Just wait for the, the slow build through, what is it, like, maybe like 90, 91 or 92, where it's going to take us a year to get through? 90,
0: 91, 92, it'll, we'll be in our second year of being on the air by the time we finish 92. <laughs>
1: Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah,
0: it's. <laughs> It, they it ramps they, up, baby. They ramp up quite a bit. What's this cable we're all talking about? Exactly. So the music from this week's show. We're gonna play the theme song from Starcade '88, and then of course, Flare with the Wind. Spatch. Spatch.
1: Zathustra. Uh, how many times have we played that? I guess how many Star Cages? Has so, there been? This is the sixth Starcade, and, so and maybe played and, it six times, and maybe some. Uh, and there's been some other shows, that we've yeah. Definitely played what a, What are the Great, Great American, American Bashes. Bashes? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: So if you like the show, and you want to let us know, let other people know. You can always rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcoin, or just wherever you find your podcasts. You can always email us any questions, comments, concerns, just whatever. We, we like talking to our fans. Or if you're not a fan, you just want to talk to us, that's fine
1: too. <laughs> to just tell Matt that he's wrong about the promo. If you want to tell me that I'm wrong about this
0: Rick Steiner promo, you can do that. Or I can pass along the email I'm, to, I'm so, to Michael that uh, when people agree with
1: me. I'm still so very surprised. I thought that you would be on my side. And you can find us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Or you
0: can even have those conversations on Twitter, and that's Wrestling Histo Wrestling H I S T O X.
1: Forget the Y. And yeah. R. Okay. Stupid letters
0: <laughs> that they don't let you use on Twitter. I was
1: trying to become like a tag, so. But it was on the fly, and I messed up. Pretty much. I can't spell. We'll talk to you next week.